If you brought your Bibles, uh, you can turn with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 2. If you did not bring your Bibles, then you can either listen or you can pick one out of the pew in front of you uh, to the book of Isaiah uh, chapter 2. Uh, if you want to turn there for just a minute. The book of Isaiah chapter 2. And as you're turning to the book of Isaiah chapter 2, I want you to think about not only just a visible place, but a visible people. A visible place and a visible people. I would love this morning, while you're turning to the Isaiah, I would love to have had a map that would have shown, as you go out of the church here, we've got basically four roads. Here, here, and there and there, so kind of all four directions. And to my knowledge, even with this gathering of people, all four of those entries were used. I can only imagine this morning if I would have had a map that I could have seen each person as you woke up and I could have seen you get in your cars and start driving here, and one coming from here and one coming from here. And you know how little dots are. The more dots that get in there, the bigger it gets. You probably all left at different times. I very seriously doubt we all left at the second at the exact same time. And we probably all got here just a little bit different time. Some maybe a minute or two, maybe an hour, maybe it was 10 or 15 seconds. But we all got here at different times. But think about it. We're all here now. I believe heaven is going to be very similar to that. I believe people are going to come from the north, the south, the east, and from the west. They're going to come at different times. And I believe they're all going to gather together. But the beautiful part is they're going to gather in the same place for the same purpose. Why are you here this morning? I want you all to know right now in the very beginning, I am glad you had a desire to get up and come to this place. Am I biased or I shouldn't say biased? Am I partial to shallow church? Absolutely I am. I love this church. If I didn't feel like this is where God didn't want me to be, I wouldn't be here today. I love, I love driving through the countryside. I love coming into a place like this. I love being with you all. I, I love being able to be free in the spirit of the Lord. And you know what? This is not just a mythical church. It's a visible church. Made up with actual, literal, physical people. We've gone through a lot over the last several years of for whatever reason, people not able to get together. And that's a struggle. For I want to tell you, I believe in the power of coming together. I believe in the power of being able to be one with another. And as a safe capacity as we can, I believe in that. But I want you to listen here in the book of Isaiah. It's going to talk about a time in people's lives where they're going to be concerned about the events that are going on that they're going to want to go to this physical place with physical people to hear a message from God. I'm fully aware, and you do not hurt my feelings when you can agree to this. There's a lot of people out there today, you can turn on a radio or a television, and you can hear some pretty fancy speeches or elegant speakers, as we might say. I understand that. But you know what I want you to know this morning is, is that I always try to search as deep as I can within me to give you a message that not would sound good for the season or to your lives, but something that comes from God. In the book of Isaiah, it's going to talk about a people that's going to come together because they want to hear the Word of God. Why are you here this morning? 
Do you want to hear the word of God? I marvel and I'm amazed at how that we can use technology and later in the afternoon that we can get the word out to so many people that, that are unable to come into the Lord's house and they can hear the word of God. And I, I believe in that. I believe in trying to get God's word out as much as we can. But I want you to see here in the book of Isaiah chapter 1 is that not only were the people flocking together, but they would tell their neighbors beside them, you know what, why don't you come and listen the Word of God, it's been good for me in my life and the Word of God is going to be good for you in your life. Folks, so let me ask you this. Do you think the Word of God is good for all human beings? Oh, I do. I don't believe that the Word of God is just meant for those of us that are here. I don't believe it's for people that are in rural West Tennessee or maybe even the United States. Folks, the Word of God is good for all of the human race wherever they may be. It may need to be translated, it may need to be transcribed and, and put in a way that they can read it or understand it, but the Word of God is sufficient for every soul that has or ever will roam the face of the earth. Here in the book of Isaiah chapter 2, let's think about this visible people and a visible place that happens here. <clears throat> the word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw... Concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house, a visible place, shall be established in the top of the mountains. It shall be exalted above all the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. Do you, do you notice who all's coming to it? Let me ask you this. Do we have any check coming in these doors. We don't ask you what kind of degree you have. We don't ask you what your income is. We don't ask you what kind of job you have. We don't ask you what level of, uh, of intellect or what you've ever done. You simply, if you have a desire to come into the Lord's house, folks, anybody can come in. That's just the way it is. And it, notice what he said. They were coming from all these nations. And many people shall go and say, Come ye. There's an invitation saying, come ye. Folks, today, we're inviting people to church. We're inviting people to heaven. That's exactly what we do. And let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob. He will teach us of his ways, and he will walk in the paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem's. That's the first three verses of the book of Isaiah, chapter 2. For every man that you've ever known in your life that's been called by God, this is what happens. And I'm going to go out and say this. I believe that God calls preachers. And I'm not saying that just because I've heard people say all their life. But I can take you to a spot right now and probably walk within about three feet of where I was sitting the night when I said, Lord, if you want me to preach your word, that's exactly what I'll do. I can take you to the spot where I got in my car and I drove to the church and the doors was locked because it was late at night and all I could do was literally lay in front of those doors and say, God, I need your help. God kept telling me, preach your word, preach his word, preach his word. Folks, today I'm telling you, God sends messengers. And not only does God send messengers, I believe that God sends a message through those messengers 
I thank God that I can turn on the radios and I can turn on and, and visit other places and, and televisions, whatever means it is, and we can hear God's Word from God's people. And you know what? Don't limit God on how we can do it. God's Word can find His way into your life. And you know what else I marvel about it? I can quote randomly, be just looking through something and God gives me exactly what I need when I need it. Folks, that's not an accident. That's a divine providential hand of God. And God's word is meant out there somewhere. Maybe some God called preacher that's been sent with a message and that message is floating around and I'm going to make this up. But in five years, three months, and ten days, uh, it might fall up in my lap, as you might say, and it might come before me, but it'll be at the exact right time that God meant for that. You know, that's why I thank God that messages are going out and they find their place. And you know what else I found out? Food that might be food for you today might be food more later on. God's Word. Have you ever just been somewhere and somebody says something or something happened and it just stays with you for days and days and months and years over and over and over again? That's just God's Word. It's not limited. But you see, it all comes from physical place and physical people. This message that we're having here and this, this calling that came from Him, the Word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw. The word. I hope that I'm not offensive to you. But if some people turn on any kind of electronic digital device and they see something on it, they automatically feel like that it's true. Now God's word, seemingly it's easy to put that to the side saying, well, I don't know about that, but we'll believe the weatherman. We're easy convinced to be about something that that that, that is some source might be putting in front of us to be true. I'm going to tell you something. All the outlets, all the things that you can see in life, there's only one thing that I have the utmost 100% confidence of being true, and that's God's Word. All the other things that we experience in life, I believe they may be true. I believe that they could be true. But I pray today that we would realize the only true thing is God's Word. That's why when God's Word goes out, we can read His Word and go right along with that and we can, we can, we can feel those convictions that go with that for it says, the Word that Isaiah spoke. I don't know if we really need any kind of a motivational speech as much as we need the Word of God right now. I don't know what kind of tactic or method or people that, that, that people may use in their lives today to get the word out. But folks today, do you, are you thankful for a physical place with, that has physical people in it that has the word of God in it? You know what today, folks, that's all that's important to me. I, I love you all and I appreciate you all. But the word of God is the most important thing that we can have. And notice what it says, that the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos Saul, do you know what? I love the word Saul for just a minute. The other day when I stopped and I looked and I thought, what does it mean to see the word of God? Do you see the word of God? I think we hear the word of God. But when it says to see, it means to perceive something in an ecstatic state. To perceive something in an ecstatic state. Let me ask you this. Do you get excited about God's Word? 
Sometimes people go to church and they're like, well, this is going to be hit or miss Sunday. Maybe, just maybe, the preacher's not going to say anything that's going to offend me. Folks, today, I get ecstatic about God's Word because it'll reprove you and it'll lift you up. I believe God's Word does both ends of these things. It convicts the lost and it also, it also uplifts those of us that are saved. It'll reprove us. Yes, it will. But you know what today, the, the word that it said here, it says, Isaiah, the son of Amos, Saul. I believe there's a message that needs to come from God's Word. And folks, today, we need to get excited and ecstatic about what God's Word can do. Do you think that God's Word can change the lives of people? I want to ask that question one more time. Do you believe that God's Word can change the lives of people? Absolutely. Do we believe in that? That's why later on I get excited when... when, when uh, when the third verse, it says, And many shall come and say, Come and let us go to the mountain. You, aren't you excited today when people... Do you ever love it? I'm, I'm going to get kind of personal here. Do you ever love it when you look out the windows and you just see your families and your friends driving up and coming to church? Does that excite you? Does it make you feel good? Why? Because you know that there's a power not in, the, in, in, in a building, but there's a power in a church that physically comes together, that, that spiritually worships Him. There's just something special. And I, I'm going to admit something to you. I may never have told you this, but we're sitting here in Sunday school a lot of times and I'm standing on my podium and I see cars come up and I, I probably start stuttering and stammering around because I'm excited because people are coming in for a time of worship. And you know what? If God's worship can transform me, I'm a firm believer it can transform you and that's why it's good when we can go out and say why don't you come for anybody that's out in this world today you can tell them that the invitation from shallow church is why don't you come go to the mountain of the Lord you'd be a part of that map that we can see this morning that they all come together from different directions and they physically come to a place I know not everybody's able to do that, but to be told you, there's power in that. For it says here that, that they can come and they can see the word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning, uh, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. doesn't talk about what Isaiah's calling, but I tell you it talks about the word that was important to them. You know, God will equip us with what we need. I think there's a saying, and I don't want to butcher this up. God doesn't call the qualified, He qualifies the called. And what we mean by that is, is that, folks, if God's in the middle of what you need to do, God will take care of that. You know, to some people, we may not always be the most politically correct, but you know what? It's about God's Word. We may not always have the fanciest, and I know you don't have the fanciest words that come out of your pulpit, but you know what? It's about a spirit that's behind these things. It's about the church being fed and the people that are here being fed for... Notice what he says here. Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw... I believe that Isaiah, the son of Amos, was excited about what God's Word could do in the lives of people because he had experienced it. Do you think it's possible for people to try to declare something that they don't even know about themselves? It would be like me trying to tell somebody the excitement of flying an airplane when I have never flown an airplane in my life. But I can say, well, this is what happens and happens and you grab this, it's called a throttle or whatever it is and you, you can start describing all these things. And, but the truth is, is that if I've never experienced it, then I don't know what it's really like. My heart goes out because I wonder how many people stand behind what we call a book board or a pulpit or a podium, whatever you want to define it as. And they don't even know the word and they've never seen the word and got excited about it. 
Folks, the word of God touched me. I was at the very back of a church house. The little doors to the Sunday school room opened up and I was as far back as I could. And you know what? God's word pierced me exactly where I was. And the truth is, I don't even know what the preacher preached. So the preacher could have been talking about tithing and giving to the church or whatever. You know what? It was a spirit in that place that showed me that I did not have what those people had. They were physical people in a physical place, but they spiritually had something I didn't have. And we see here that just like it was with Isaiah, this, this message, it says, and it says, in the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw. But notice what happened concerning Judah and Jerusalem. You know, a lot of people give a lot of attention to the Muslims and the Arabs. But the truth is, is that in the end, it's going to talk about Judah and Jerusalem being the winners. You know how sometimes in a race you got one gets ahead, the other gets behind, one gets ahead, the other gets behind? To a lot of people today, they feel like that good versus evil is not just a back and forth. They feel like evil has just blown the good out of the water. They're not even on the same page, they're not in the same ballpark, they're not even the same race. But I want to tell you something I believe that good is going to win. Folks, today the church is going to be triumphant. Did you hear what I said? A physical people in a physical place and we are going to win. It seems like we're getting beat out in the world. It seems like good is just getting pushed back and back and back. But you know what he said? He's going to talk about how that there are people today that, that, that that's going to overcome. And notice what he said. That they are going to see, he says, the word he's talking about here concerning Judah and Jerusalem. But I want you to listen to what he said. Let's go on to that second verse for just a minute. But it talks about the last days. It talks about the condition of the world and the concern. When I say last days, there's a concern for people. All right, I want you to listen to this. It's about a concern for people. Are you concerned about people in your life? Are you concerned about your own life? Let me ask you this. Are you concerned about your own life and what you have? Let's read the second verse. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established, which just means it's going to be thriving. Have you ever heard me say that maybe not everybody in the world knows how to get to this little place in this little corner of, of the county? Matter of fact, I always kid with people say, if you want to know how to get to Shiloh, you have to get lost, and then you're almost there. I kid with people all the time. and Put it in their GPS, it'll take you there. But let me tell you something. I believe heaven knows exactly where you are. I believe the church is established. Not because of a date that you can find in a minute book or, or, or somewhere else. We are established because God's seal is upon her. And it says here that people, this is what I find interesting. Is that when, when times get tough, people don't want to go anywhere. They want to go to something that's established. And what we mean by that is something that's been tested and is still going strong. Notice what happened here. Read it again. It shall come to pass in the last days when there was concern with people that the mountains of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains. You're going to see it. And it shall be exalted above the hills. In other words, there's all kinds of places you can go, but there's nothing like the Lord's house. Did you hear what I said this morning? There's all kinds of places you can go. If you want to stop for a little while, we can even get our phones and we can get the internet out and we can take virtual tours all around the world. But you know what? There's nothing like God's house. I've seen some amazing views in my life. 
I've seen some spectacular places in my life, but I want to tell you, there's nothing like God's house. I don't get tired of it. I don't get to where I say, well, let's see if I can change the view up. There's just something about God's house that's different than anywhere else you can go. You can go to the movie theater. You don't get the same thing in the movie theater you get in God's house. Do you want to agree with that or disagree with that? Folks, we can go to ball games. And don't get me wrong, I enjoy sporting events as much as anybody. But I'm telling you, you will not get from a sporting event what you get in God's house. You can go all kinds of places. Your favorite fishing hole or your favorite uh, hunting spot or your favorite whatever it is you want to do. But there's nothing like God's house. And it says that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains, shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow in unto it. I don't know about you, but that is about as an upbeat, positive message that you can hear. Folks, there's good news coming out of that pulpit. There's good news coming from that physical place. There's good news about that messenger that God has sent that's going to fit you for it's said. Then all this is going to happen, he said, and it shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. Folks, today if the word of God can, can form itself and fit your life, it can do that for your neighbors too. What about you people that work with? I'm going to pause and ask you something real quick. Do you know anybody in your life that's unchurched or doesn't go to church? Do you know anybody in your life that doesn't go to church? Now I know there are people that go to church and we want to invite them to come to church. Usually because if they're religious, we just say, hey, come visit us sometime. Let's talk about the unchurched. Folks, if the word of God is good for us to hear, do you think it's good for somebody else to hear? Absolutely. I'm going to answer that. Absolutely it is. And what a positive, upbeat, exciting message in a world when you walk out there that's discouraging. Folks, you can come into the house of God and you can find something encouraging. You know what? It's like the old song says, I read the back of the book and we win. The encouraging thing is, folks, there's good news that's coming from this place. He said, and it's going to be exalted above all things in all nations. But notice what happens. It says, it says in the very beginning of that second verse, it shall come to pass. Notice what it said, shall be. Let me ask you this. Do you believe if God says it, it's going to happen. I believe in that. Folks, if God said He's going to establish His church and His church will be standing when He comes back, you know what I believe? I believe His church is going to be standing when He comes back. And you know what? I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm not just thankful this morning to be saved. That's the number one on my list. But I'm thankful to be a part of His church. A physical place with physical people. We are a, a, a literal body. We may read about that in a minute. But it says, It shall come to pass in the last Days. Has anybody here got a schedule that you keep? Like for me, I, I don't mind telling you, I keep my phone and I mean it's just got events and ball games and places to be and meetings to have and people to call and birthdays that are happening or whatever. I just, I, it's just got events on them. You know, of all the things that, and by the way, those future events may or may not happen, but there's one thing that's a future event that I believe is going to happen. I believe God's people are going to go home to be with Him. That's a guaranteed event that is going to transpire. But notice what He said. It shall come to pass. And it says, in the last days. For that verse also says, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established into, excuse me, in the top of the mountains. For those that are unsaved, for the ungodly. 
I want to pause this thought right here. What would it be like for you to be in need of medical attention but not know where the hospital is? That would be in a bad place. Let me ask you this. The ungodly should hear from all of us, I know a place that you can go. I, I, and I can recommend lots of places for people to go that I believe are sound, God-called preachers that are true, New Testament churches, but I know that we can say there's one place you can come if you are ungodly and you've never been saved and you will hear the gospel preached. It doesn't have to be fancy. It's not going to be eloquent in any means, but it's going to be a simple gospel. And it says uh, that the mountain of the Lord's house should be established in the top of the mountains. You know, we're looking for symbolism, but you know what? That is a physical, literal place for it's a mountain. And notice what happens. That mountain or that organization of people is the top. You know, there's curiosity about the most powerful nation. Can I tell you what I believe is the most powerful group of people on this earth? It's not the United States or the United Nations or, uh, or any other any other place. I believe it's God's people the most powerful people. It's God's people I believe today that hold the keys of the kingdom that nobody else has. There's not a government that's figured it out. There's not a system that is any stronger than God's system. People that are governed by God for it says, there it says the mountain of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains. Shall be established. It's firm. It's been there, it's been tested, and it's not going to be moved. Can a church tear a building down and build right next door to it? Yes. You can move down the road, you can move to another location. You're not going to tear the, you might tear a building down. You're not going to tear the church down, folks. The church is people. We can be, lose our physical place, but the physical people still are going to make it up, and it shall be established. And what it goes on to say, it shall be exalted above the hills and all the uncertainty of what's going on outside of there. Aren't you glad that there's one thing that's certain here and that is God is still on the throne. There's a lot of uncertainties out there. We're uncertain. Is it going to rain today? Is it not going to rain today? Is my car got enough gas? Do I have enough air in my tire? Is my car going to make it? Who's going to be at home when I get there? You know, we have a lot of uncertainties out there. But there's one thing that's certain today here amongst God's people that God is on the throne. Does anybody want to deny that? Is anybody here this morning that wants to say that God is not in control? For He is in control. And we believe that not because of what we see in the world. For sometimes we look around and we think, Lord, are you sure you're letting these things happen and, and you're not in control? But God's Word tells us He is in control. And you know what? I believe His Word. God is working in the hearts of people. He's working through you and I that we might do as we're reading here uh, in this third verse where we're inviting these people to come in. But it says that, that the mountain of the Lord's house should be a established in um, the top of the mountains. God is going to conquer, God is going to win, and God is going to be victorious. And I believe in that. But, but notice what he says. All nations shall flow into it. I'm glad today that we're not going to pick and choose who can come in the Lord's house that anybody can. But let's look at this third verse and I'll hurry along. And many people shall go and say, notice there's going to be a change of attitudes, change of, of demeanor. Again, you know what I've said in the very beginning, do you believe that God's Word can change people? Absolutely do I believe in that. For many people shall go and say, Come ye and let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. 
One of the things I wonder today, how many people were concerned about the end times or, or some serious event in their life? Let's just say it like that. But they didn't go to the Lord's house to get the word. Maybe they tried to substitute it with something else. I believe in a physical place with physical people. And I believe that's exactly what the church is. If you want to pause for just a minute, go back to the book of Matthew chapter 18 for just a minute. The power is not in the world and the power is uh, to, to the church. Matthew chapter 18, and I believe it is in verse 18. Fearly I say unto you, we're going to talk about authority here. Whatsoever shall be bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever shall be loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. There's a many people that wanted to go into this place. Many people shall go and say, Come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord for the house, uh, to the house of the God of Jacob. Now, I don't know that I would go as far as to say that there's a large crowd going to the house of the Lord, but I will tell you what I can see growing is the invitation. And what I mean by that is God's people are getting stirred. God's people are seeing the urgency of the hour and they're telling their, 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 their children and their neighbors and their parents and, and, and their co-workers and their, all these people in their lives and they're telling them, why don't you go into the house of the Lord? Why don't you go to a, a true church today that's preaching God's word? There, there, there's many invitations that are going out and whether it's electronically or personally, whatever it is, there's all kinds of invitations. Why? Because we see the urgency of the hour and it says here, that it tells me, it says, Come ye and let us go to the mountain of the Lord to the house of God of Jacob. In other words, who's in charge? Who's in control? But here's what I like. So you've got this idea that there's people out there that are concerned. We're in our, our own personal lives and we're concerned about things. So we all get up this morning and that, that, that mount that I was telling you about, we all come together here. But why do we do that? Notice what he says. And he will teach us of his ways. And we will walk in his paths. Aren't you glad today that we're not just here to check a box? We're here to get something from God. How many times do people leave the church house and you want to talk about responsibility and accountability on, on, on the preacher's part? Folks, when people leave church and they are more dejected than when they came in, we have missed the mark. When we leave the church house of God and we feel like that we're being relieved going out than we were coming in, we miss the mark for it says here that He will teach us of His ways. You know, there's all kinds of philosophies. There's commentaries. I, I, I marvel sometimes I can get on in an in, in electronic format and I can look up commentaries and I mean there is a long list. I can look up uh, Isaiah, second chapter and the third verse, and I can ask for a commentary, and there's a long list. There's all these theologies, there's all these commentaries, but I want to tell you something about commentaries. I remember many years ago looking in my grandfather's library that he had, and I thought, he didn't have a whole lot of commentaries. He just had a whole stack of Bibles, and I mean, there was about, I don't know, six or eight of them, Worn out and just setting to the side. I learned real quick early on that the most important thing is not somebody else's interpretation from it. It's God's word itself. 
Now, am I okay with commentaries? I read them all the time. But those never are more important than God's word alone. I want to summarize this, folks. There's not a commentary or a theology that will save your soul, but the word of God will. There's not a commentary or theology that will feed you, but the Word of God will. There's not a commentary or theology that will transform a life that comes into this house, but the Word of God will. I had a man one time after revival service was over with. I've, I've learned people are just going to be complimentary, and, uh, and I've, I've just learned to accept that. But He said, I like to listen to you preach because you just preach the Bible. And I almost wanted to say, what else is there to preach? All I can do is tell you what God has done and preach His Word. And there's nothing else. I'm not going to sit up and tell you uh, a million stories and not have one single scripture in them. I'm not against people taking one scripture and just expounding it. But what I'm telling you is, folks, at the core of what we do here is all based on God's Word and the leadership of His Holy Spirit. And you know why I love a place so much, a physical place for physical people, that it's not about what all these things that we've accomplished in our life. It's about the power of God's word and you know what God's word is what I need in my life and I know this God's word is what you need in your life for it says here he will teach us of his ways and it says in out of Zion oh, it's getting better folks and I'm going to hurry but you know what we, we, we get this truth God reveals it in our heart and it's not like we're going to check it at the door as we leave and say you need to leave behind what God's given you he says you're going to take what God gives you here and you're going to go right out there Folks, today, don't be silent when you go out there. For it says, Out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Folks, this is not an end point for the word of God. This is a beginning point. This is not the destination, folks. This is just the start line. For so often, we want to take what's here and say, Well, I've got it. This is the end. What's well, not? He says, Out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. For it says it will teach us. It says we will walk in his paths. Folks today. Churches have creeds. I know we have a church covenant. By the way. I believe in a covenant. but Because it's all scripturally based. But we don't have creeds and laws. That you have to abide by when you leave here. All I got to tell you when you leave here is. Listen and abide by God's word. Abide by God's word. I'm not going to give you five points to live by this week and this is what's going to make you abide by God's word and everything's going to be all right. It says we will walk in his paths. And it says he will teach us his ways. In order to do what my parents wanted me to do growing up, they had to tell me. Where it got a little sticky was when they told me and then I refused not to do it. Do you think God's word tells us what to do? Oh yeah. There's no question about that. Where it gets sticky is if we choose to do it or not do it. Folks, you have a choice this morning. Lots of choices. Matter of fact, your morning's already been filled full of choices. Probably where you sat at. Where you parked at. Kind of clothes you wore. You know, most of those things were choices you made. But the choice we made to come here, are we going to listen to God's word and apply it to our life? For it says he will teach us his ways and it says we'll also walk in his paths. Today, whose path are you walking in? Whose way are you going? This morning, I believe in a physical place that's made up of physical people. 
when Christ told Peter, he said, upon this rock I will build my church, it's not some mythical agency that can't be seen. It's a physical place that does physical things that has spiritual experiences in it. And you know what? I'm glad to be a part of that here this morning. I want us to get a song if we could this day.